0: You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2, we'd say in 1380. 99.9 FM, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics, this week. Joining us, he's the managing editor for com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to start off, um, not a huge deal, but um just this reoccurring theme almost within the McKee administration. We are, uh, so we put out, at the end of last week that uh, he had no public events on friday and then you have the snowstorm obviously you know that hit over the weekend and then we learn he puts out an additional statement that he's actually going to be in pennsylvania with president biden and um for his big speech about democracy and then he's going to travel back to the state it's not a huge deal but i just want to get your thought on it it's just hard to believe that there just seems to be this pattern with the McKee people, they—I don't know what they—they—they they, they think they can almost, to me, kind of play it fast and loose and not disclose things, and then, you know, then they—they they end up having to backtrack and then disclose something like that he's going to be out of town.
1: I think it's a—it's an indication as we talk frequently about that they they really aren't very good at this um and i think in some ways it's great for for democracy and for Rhode islanders because we get to see things i think their, their instincts are probably correct that um canceling all events in order to go out of state for a political event is not a good thing particularly when there's a known weather storm on the way, and there's a decent chance we'll have some issues. I mean, it's it, they they can sense that there's something wrong there. Um, in their defense, there's I mean, it's it's a problem with our political system at this point. I mean, uh, the governor, even if he or she wants to just be governor and doesn't have any higher ambitions, uh, we're so reliant on the federal government that that you have to play in that game to some extent. Uh, so so that's that's a that's an initial problem, but they don't know how and when to to just. Lay it all out there and, and be be forthright with the people. And I think generally, uh, when when you've got a storm like that coming, um, you you just stay in a state. You're the governor. That's your job. I mean, you're you, unless it's sure. Uh, the federal government is one of our biggest supporters, but financially. But you've got to you know you're here for the people of the state. And I think that priority is being lost. I mean, I had to, I had to drive down to New Jersey and back on Saturday and on the way back, it was, it was terrible at night. I mean, it's. I think thing, infrastructure is getting a lot worse, and so is so is driving. It seems to me, unless I'm just thinking back nostalgically. But that's when I saw that the mayor, that the governor, was out of out of the state. I thought, you know, that's not a that's not a good thing. If there were an emergency, sure, he can call in. But what if the power goes out? Then he can't get through. Right. Uh, who's in charge, Matos? I mean. I, the governor should be here. That's why we elect governors. And I think I think your your instincts are right. And I think their instincts are right that there's something wrong with what they're the way they're doing it. Um, but I, and I, I kind of like that they get caught because better politicians might not.
0: Not only that, but um, one member of the media, or some press, say, "Well, you know, he was going to a Biden campaign event, and it's not the same as an official like White House event." But uh, I would argue he the whole reason governor McKee was invited is because he's the governor of the state. He travels down there with state police protection. He's being introduced and he's greeted as the governor of Rhode Island. So this business of like, well, he was going for a private campaign event. I, I don't, I don't see how that justifies because it's, it's not, for instance, if former governor Chafee were to then be an invited, to go to an event or Or just someone who's maybe no longer in office. The whole reason McKee was there was the Biden people wanted to say, here's the governor of Connecticut, here's the governor of Rhode Island, here's the governor of this state, that state. And so he's really there in his official capacity, and he's with the president of the United States. It's not like it's a charity golf tournament. So what what do you make of they're trying to thread the needle and say, well, technically, he was just there at a campaign event, not like an official event?
1: Yeah, but those. I mean, those boundaries have just blurred so much. Um, I mean, with Gina Raimondo, you, you hardly ever knew whether she was be, being promoted or the state was being promoted. I mean, that's 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 a game they play all the time, and right down to the, the local level. You know, you get the the mayor of, of Providence has has his name over all over these cleanup <laughs> bands. <Excuse me. laughs> um, and so, I mean, that, that's a that's a problem of itself. But be, being too cutesy about it is, you know. I think it goes right back to what I was saying before. You're there because you're the governor. That's the only reason right. you're there. It's, it's, it might be different. Like you, I mean, it's 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 an easy example, which is why I'm using it. I don't want to muddy the waters. But somebody like Donald Trump, you could see being called to some event because he's Donald Trump, not because he was president of the United States, right? Sure. But somebody like. Dan McKee, you're there because you're the governor. The, the lines are inseparable. But that just brings us back to the point that you're the governor. <laughs> you're here. You should be here for, for major weather events. I mean, it's just, it's part of the gig. Uh, and I think that's that's something that we, we all should reflect on is why did the governor of the state of Rhode Island think it was worth his time to go be essentially an empty suit with a, a Rhode Island sash like a beauty queen across his chest? I'm speaking figuratively. I don't here i don't know if he actually wore one of those but um that's that's why does he think that's worth his time and that's a problem and i think i think we need to uh, generally in politics we need to think about that more
0: folks our segment is politics this week justin the republican party kicked off the new year with a press conference calling for an inspector general i'm curious to hear your thoughts on this
1: well you know i i like the idea and i've 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 been for it for a while. And I, when I was grading legislation, these, these bills, this you're talking like six, seven years ago, these, these bills for the inspector general, I graded them well. I think it's probably generally a good idea, but it, these days it's starting to feel to me like, a, like, a, it, you know, you're just going through the rope, the, the, uh, the, routine you know okay inspector general proposition all right we'll get some democrats to support it and then we'll you know we'll, we'll go through it it won't go anywhere you know i'm more and more i mean i'm increasingly worried about uh more practical questions like okay so you have this office who is going to fill it and what are they going to use it for i mean we can't yeah. find competent politicians for the offices that we have look at the governor look at i mean i look at the, the empty field for attorney general, you know, all of, all of these offices we have, you create another one. It seems like it's another opportunity for one of these lifelong people who we talk about frequently who bounce across among the Democrats from, yep. from nonprofit to government, to state work, to a local board where they're getting paid a full salary, you know, all these, all these sorts of positions. It's just another one for them. And what are they going to use it for? I, I just, kind of doubt that they're, they're going to um, they're they're really going to use it to go after the the real deep seated corruption in the state if if somebody were inclined to do that there are positions that can do it i mean we we an, an attorney general could do it if they wanted <clears throat> or others or even legislators uh, so i think that's that's an issue. I, I did think it was, it was curious to hear Dan McKee talking about, oh, oh, we don't need it. I mean, you're under investigation. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. Your, your credibility to say we don't need an, invest, uh, an inspector general is 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 pretty much nil. But even on that standard, when I saw uh, Jessica De La Cruz and, and Representative, Chip, Senator De La Cruz and Representative Chippendale go on uh, Channel 10 to talk about this, they, they didn't lay into McKee for that. They didn't point out, well, I mean, that was, that's the, a big part of why you would propose something like this to yes. call out the hypocrisy of, of the other side who doesn't want it. Right. Uh, and I think that's, that's part of the issue. And I, I, I think they want to seem collegial, but you know, you've got to get, you got to learn how to, how to be, how to be kind of bare knuckled and collegial at the same time. That's, that's, that's just part of the game.
0: Folks, quick break, much more ahead politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, dot right here on the John petro show. This portion of the program is brought you by The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop it and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food and also the great staff. I'll see you at The Lodge Pub and Eatery 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz. Um, Justin, I, let's play out a little bit. I am curious to hear your thoughts on uh, Senate Minority Leader Jessica De La Cruz, uh, House Minority Leader Mike Chippendale on ten News Conference. I think you're on to something because what, what I think I, – I can't speak for Minority Leader Chippendale, but – um, the Senate minority, uh, House Senate Minority Leader, Jessica De La Cruz, where, where she, you you were making the point before the break that they, they don't go after Governor McKee. I, I think you're onto something that in order to make it make sense to people, and what, what her defenders will say, well, she's just very measured. I think by not being more aggressive, they don't thread the needle. If you called the press conference and said look at the situation with the bridge look at the governor under you know fbi probe we need this is why we need an inspector general i think that's something that people could understand but this polite dance where you almost allude to it i think just my i think that's where they fall short
1: no i, I think that's right I, I mean they they both do very well and they're both very presentable and i, I they're reasonable, and I think that's 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 laudable. You want uh, Republicans, especially, want reasonable people in government. Right. but but there's there's a way to do that, especially in when you're when you're in such a minority you know when you're when you're in a majority you can be reasonable all day long but when you're and when you're when you're close when you sometimes get it you are a little more you're you're reasonable but when you're when you're way out on the fringes of the politics not not politically but just uh, in electoral numbers that you, you don't really have you have to you don't you can't miss an opportunity to get people thinking about what's wrong with your opposition and i think that's that's a problem they have i mean if you uh, I'm, I'm I can't help but contrast it with uh, House Speaker Joe Shikarchi, who was on Newsmakers, and all throughout it, he's very slick. He's a lawyer, and all throughout it, he he offer these kind of little jabs, like say Brian Newberry on the the Israel uh, uh, sending you know con- um, condemning Hamas for the Isra- yeah. Israel attack, you know just just little things like oh well you know insinuating that Newberry doesn't does is doing this for bad reasons and but i you know i don't know i don't i don't want to say that you know but but you just said it you know that that sort of thing there's a bouncing back and forth between letting things slip so that it gets in people's minds and i think there's just too much emphasis among republicans and i think the democrats foster this by trying to make us all seem like crazy MAGA nut jobs uh not not to imply that MAGA is nut jobs that's that's their talking point uh but that they they get conservatives and republicans get pushed in this corner where they are almost i have to i have to prove i'm not a fire-breathing lunatic so i'm going to be overly cautious and overly friendly and that's not really you need people need to think about these things and you know i think it, it relates to me um you had a, an interesting exchange with ken block on twitter where yes. he was you said oh. "You know mail ballots are a problem and uh ken block said oh republicans don't only lose about lose because of mail ballots and okay fair enough but john didn't say anything about republicans you, al- yeah. you often mention helena folks who's another democrat yes. there are better and worse democrats too and i think that we get in this attitude of a uh, republican versus democrat and 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 so we need to be collegial and no you need people thinking. You need to get these topics in people's heads. So even Democrats are going, hey, wait a second, McKee did win because of mail ballots, and I like Helena Folks better. Hey, wait a second, McKee doesn't want an Inspector General. Other Democrats do want an Inspector Gem- General, and McKee's under investigation. You know, those sorts of things, you need people making those connections. And when people see uh, Republicans and, and other opposition folks go on these shows and just all, oh, know, yeah, we're all just trying to get along, I, I respectfully disagree, I'm the loyal opposition, they say, okay, well, I guess everything's fine then. <laughs> or, or I'm not going to get anything different from these people than I'm going to get from those people. There's a real narrative problem here where you need to draw the contrast and seed people's minds, even if you don't, like Shikarchi should have taught us in, in his Newsmaker episode – if you seed people's minds, you don't have to say things. You don't have to say, Brian Newberry's lying. You, you can you can sort of say, oh, I'm not so sure I, I think he's doing this for the best of reasons, but I don't want to say that. I don't have any evidence. And then move on. You seem like you didn't accuse him of anything, but you did. You've got people thinking about that. And I think that's, that's, right. that's, that's something that Really, Republicans have to find that sweet spot between being, you know, the the crazy nut jobs who you know everybody deals with, and it's a bigger problem among Republicans because the the water level is so low in our party. Uh, but the you need to be able to do that more more effectively, and I think that's a, that's a problem Republicans don't really don't really get around here.
0: Ken Block does have a book coming out in March. I like Ken. I respect Ken, but everything to him seemingly always he just brings it back to president trump and the republicans and later on in that exchange he said make no mistake about it i am against ballot harvesting i hate ballot harvesting but to me just for those that are wondering i think a perfect example was the day of the primary in 2022 nothing to do with president trump nothing to do with republicans helena folks beat governor McKean, day of voting and the only reason he emerged was because of unlimited Ballot harvesting that the state allows—that's where I think the focal point should be. Justin, I am curious. Um, just circling back to uh, NBC 10 with uh, De La Cruz and Chippendale. What What do you think is the, the most effective argument they make, um, and and what do you think that they really need to up their game on? It just let's just say if you were just a casual voter that happened to stumble upon the show.
1: Well, I, I think they they do. Especially the two of them, as, as individual politicians, they they do present a reasonable face, and I think that's that's a yeah. that's not to be undersold. I mean, it's because the the news media and the Democrats put such emphasis on making it seem like voting for Republicans is voting for Nazis. Uh, to get that out there, that's that's an accomplishment, and I think they they do do that well, and they talk about issues intelligently and and with um, you know with 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 reasonable arguments um i but i i think it's that's kind of like the baseline and then you've got to up your game and be able to be able to give well first pick issues that will put your opponents on a, on a their back feet and then take advantage of that i mean inspector general does a little bit especially with somebody like mckee uh it didn't so much under Raimondo because it wasn't that whiff of corruption although there, <laughs> there probably should have been but um uh, the um you know you, if you're going to put that out there you you have to everything has to be considered a political act and i think that's yeah. part of the the problem we, we we have a lot of republicans and i understand it having having been in town government you know you you, you want to go in there and you, you're there to do good for the people and to make things run well but everything is still a political act you you don't don't do something you don't think is right just because it helps you politically but when you put out the inspector general when you when you say if they were to advance a school choice agenda you do that so that you put your opponent on a be well because it's right but the, one of the reasons you're emphasizing that right issue is to put your opponents on a defense so you can say okay you don't want this hey minority voters who favor democrats so strongly notice this we support this policy that will help you they don't you know you have to be able to push those things and and really uh, be political. And I think that's, that's one area where, where Republicans are, they, they are still, they're so focused on seeming reasonable and, and proving they're not, you know, Nazis that they, they just don't go there. And unless, you know, Brian Newberry on Twitter is pretty good at this, but, yeah. uh, but um, I, I think he, he's more, you know, he, he's, it's almost more of a hobby thing for him. I think institutionally the Republican party has to get better at that and, and start training. It's, it's, it's politicians how to do that. You know, it's it's great to train about uh, hear your life as a legislator or whatever it might be, but you, they they really need to start figuring out how to how to put the other side on the defensive and and, and keep turning that wedge, pushing that wedge until it, it starts to cause the left some problems.
0: I think you're right, Justin. As we've seen, it, it's that the the drop of a hat, whether it's Gabe Amo or Sabina Matos, they will immediately go to the pitch line of the MAGA Republicans and J6. And so my point is you're up against an opponent that without even in the blink of an eye, they'll just label you, as you say, as Nazis or they'll go to the line of the MAGA Republicans. So this business of trying to seem reasonable um, and and almost statesmanlike, I I think, you know, you have to step back and and look at who you're really dealing with. Folks, quick break. Much more head politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on The John DePiccio Show. Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber, JMB Plumbing. Call them today. All your plumbing needs 401 743 9153. JMB Plumbing. They've been providing plumbing services for years. Skilled professionals stand behind their work. Guarantee you will be happy. Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a a water heater. As well as all your plumbing needs, call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401 743 9153 nothing throws off your life or your home or your business when you need plumbing service you need someone reliable someone who's professional someone who will handle the job and do it right it's jmb plumbing call them today 401-743-9153 jmb plumbing and look for them on facebook segment is politics this week with us is justin katz justin i just want to follow up um two stories one is i'm curious to hear your thoughts on uh speaker joe sakachi on newsmakers the second part of that that i think kind of ties in is i thought that that was a very strong press release that uh representative brian newberry and chippendale put out where they showed that you know they actually exposed something and that is that the House Democrats know they have a problem if they start debating the situation with Israel and Hamas on the, the House floor because they can't control what many of their progressive, you know, representatives would say. So as a result of that, they just bury it in committee so they don't even give them the chance to expose, you know, where where they kind of stand. That statement they put out, it got virtually no press coverage. And I just wonder you know, I, I know you've talked in the past with Gina Raimundo would, would question someone like, Why are you interviewing, you know, that type of person or why are you even talking to that person? I'm just curious if you notice that perhaps there's a hesitancy to push back against the speaker, who let's face it, is very powerful and the blink of an eye could, you know, push for a member of the media to get a job as a spokesperson for this or communication for that. Um what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think I think that's a huge problem in in, in Rhode Island. Is that, and I, I've complained about that frequently. Is that that pipeline for journalists into government, and they don't they don't really want to. I mean, put aside ideology. That's a big part of their their career path. And so you you get something where Shikarchi can go on TV and seem very reasonable. Oh, you know, Brian Newberry is going over the over the top here. We there are multiple bills doing the same thing. We're gonna re, we're gonna put it in committee. We're gonna review them all. We're gonna come up with something that everybody likes. This is a resolution to condemn. Uh, mass murder and rape right? and putting babies in ovens. I mean, you don't oh. need to, you shouldn't need to debate five versions and then send it back and forth to the House and the Senate. And, I mean, that's, it's, all right, come on. that's That doesn't pass the sniff test. But the idea that, you know, journalists don't really want to call him on that and they don't want to see, I mean, and the journalists too don't want to be out there necessarily reminding people of the atrocities of Hamas, you know, that that could get hot for the journalist as well. And so you get this kind of surreal, oh, you know, as if it's as if it's, you know, every year, I think you know, they used to pass a resolution in support of Taiwan, you know, okay, whatever, you know, um, th- this is a very different kind of issue than that. And the idea that it's, it's a similar thing, you've got you're just casually going about this, I, I think is, is an issue. And I think that that pipeline itself is a problem. And I, I do think, uh, the, the far left radicals in the Democrat party are, are presenting a problem for them. And I, yes. the, the idea of the news media providing that coverage is, is a, is a, is an issue. I think you, you need to be able to get that out there. I mean, there's, um, we're, we're seeing this nationally with, with, uh, the, the story of Claudine Gay at the president of Harvard, uh, yes. who's resigned because of, um, because of you know both plagiarism but also because she's a radical lunatic in my view. Um, but the headlines are all, you know, conservative mainstream media pushes this through and that becomes the story. No but, but but it really is is the the conservative mainstream media was strong enough and the issue was obvious enough that the, the main progressive mainstream media couldn't ignore it. And I think something like these these battles about Israel, the the pro Hamas wing of the Democrat Party, this is something that local media doesn't want to talk about in Rhode Island. And so they they do have the ability to, to make it not a story by just not covering it.
0: Exactly. Yes. And I'm glad you touched on Justin, because I want to get your thoughts. I can't believe the pushback. And even that story, you know, this writer for The Globe, my first story covers how conservative media outlets broke through the mainstream with coverage of Claudine Gay. But what is ignored there, and to me should be the story, is... <clears throat> It's because, as you just said, it's because it was ignored and that's not a path that they would go down. And I want to, you know, kind of leapfrog that into John Breen put, you know, he again, you get a lot out of uh, the platform of X. We keep being told there's nothing to this. These allegations of a voter fraud. Those stories are not investigated. They're not covered. You won't find I mean, just the example that I present that. That Helena folks, to me, really won that primary uh, because it was day of voting. There's no in-depth about ballot harvesting. There's no in-depth of how we're an outlier compared to neighboring states. Um, it's tough to ignore, Justin, that a big power of the media – I know that a lot of people claim media bias. To me, it, the, I think that the stronger element that's more dangerous is media ignorance which is they just choose not to in any way examine a story. And I've talked about this on the radio. Around the country, the border and, and the illegal immigration, the people pouring over the border, is it's a major story. It's a major story in New York and Chicago and everywhere. It's now a major voting issue. You you cannot find a story on illegal immigration on Channel 10 or 12 or the Globe or the Journal. Their way to combat it is they just they don't cover it.
1: Exactly, and you know, I think the the issue, though the the deeper issue, or at least a side issue, is that the the media it's it's not that they just ignore particular issues; it's that is that they ignore them for a particular side for a particular purpose and what i love about the claudian gay plagiarism stories it's just so obvious you've got news media people out there saying "Well, it's not really plagiarism well you know academics don't really care about you know people they care about their ideas they don't care about people copying their words look what where did this come from you know as if and you know for a fact and we're already seeing some evidence of this that it's they'll turn it around and try to flip it and they'll, they'll search for anything i think there was one example of of searching they searched through a professor's wife's college work and found a yeah. sentence. You know, that's that's the level that will condemn a conservative or somebody who the mainstream media wants to target. If you're if you're the president of Harvard and you're pushing a far left identity politics, well then you almost all your work could be plagiarized but you know it doesn't really count and i think that's that's really what it is and i think it comes right back to mail ballots if if we were a if if let's say the republicans somehow get some inspiration and take over the state government the, the general assembly the the legislature the, the governor's office attorney general then mail ballot fraud will become the biggest story in Rhode Island you know it's if if a republican mayor won with a mail ballot lead that would be a big story how did this person say providence got a republican mayor uh, who won because of mail ballots that would be a major story suddenly we'd be talking about we'd be talking about mail ballot fraud the potential that maybe there was some well-funded conservative Koch brothers mega think tank uh never mind that those things aren't compatible but you know somebody like that was funding this this mail ballot push we've got to reform this that's what I, i keep saying is republicans the best thing they can do to stop mail ballot fraud is to get really good at ballot harvesting so it's helping them. Then it'll become a problem and that's the real issue is the, it's that the the journalists will take whatever issue it is. They don't care about the substance. They just care about whether or not it helps progressive Democrats. And that's the the line they'll take. And I think what I what I find particularly interesting about this, what's his name, Aiden Ryan, my first Globe story is a Republican's pounce story, which I, I'd be kind of disappointed that that was my first story personally. But it shows that right out of journalism school, J school, that's what he was trained to do. This is what they do. This wasn't, this was not like, you know, he's, he's deep in and he's learning the ropes. And this is what, this is what, this is what they are taught is a story. And I think that's, that's a real, a real indication of a, of a problem in our news media.
0: Folks, again, our segment is politics this week, Well, this is Justin Katz, managing editor at dot rising.com. Justin, there's something else I didn't actually send it to, but it's just an observation. Uh, Rhode Island PBS, which now I, I'm not sure I get YouTube TV. I'm not even sure it's on there. Uh, but there's definitely where they're they're going after instead of just finding new talent, new reporters, so forth. But they're they're having regular broadcast members of the media work for them. And uh, what I find very telling is that the members of the media that are then going to do something, you know, even even rel- relatively small at Rhode Island PBS. I think it's very telling how excited they are <laughs> to be working for almost like uh you know it's you could almost say it's like an offshoot of NPR in which Rhode Island PBS again, no conservatives at all. But I, I just think the work that they do, whether it be for a newspaper or a commercial television news outlet, is far more seen and impactful. But I just think it's telling that it's almost as if, you know, at, at their heart, They'd really rather be working for, like, an NPR, a public television, because they get so excited, even though a fraction of the people may end up seeing some of their work.
1: Yeah, it makes me think of um, some movie Anchorman – where, the, where all the, the different networks are out there having a brawl in the alley and there's the, the NPR affiliate comes in with the pipes and the, the cardigans and I think it's that's the, the romantic image that the journalists have of it. And it's it's they think it's kind of pure journalism. You know, yes. you're not you're not funded by corporations. You can just tell the truth. And of course it's it's completely opposite. You're funded by government and you tell the truth that serves government. But um, I, I think that that's what it is. They just feel like that's pure and that yeah, uh, if only if only that could pay better, or if I if I didn't have right. to make this money in the in a gritty yuckiness of of capitalism. And I, I think it's I, I think you're hitting on something very you know profound. I mean, we've mentioned frequently how journalism used to be kind of a blue collar thing. You know, those were the rough and tumble, uh, ink stained wretches. You know, and so it yeah. gave them a very different perspective uh, than than now. It's it's kind of like a, a respectable low paying job. You know, you you. You come up in a, a upper middle class neighborhood. You go to maybe Columbia Journalism School, and Ivy League. You go out there, and and you don't make a lot of money, but darn it, you're a great reporter. Uh, your perspective is completely different. You're now promoting the academic elitist ideas, and and kind of that's your view of the world. And I think that's that's what NPR, PBS, the these public uh, networks. That's what they represent. Is that that elite wing of journalism where you, you don't have to make much money because you're probably independently wealthy. And so, or you, you've got some foundation backing you. And I think that's, Correct. that's sort of the dream. It's sort of like people who want to become, uh, you know, a, a do little college professor. It's just a respectable way to make, not to, to be elite without, you know, having to, to perform at a high level and, and get people to actually give you money for what you're doing.
0: Yeah. I didn't even realize until I saw that they must look at it as like, oh, I can't believe I have to work for this commercial outlet. How great would it be that I, you know, that's, as you say, it's real journalism and there's no commercials and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's all government funded. Finally, Justin, I find um, I, I find the media almost downplaying a little bit. The St. Mary's home for children, which is very, very troubled in North Providence. But I'll give credit at least to the Boston Globe. At least I, that was the first time that I saw that Lieutenant Governor Matos is a board member. And I, I just wonder why. Like, to me, that should be highlighted more. Um, if I think you and I could both come up with different scenarios and, and an easy one would be a Republican where, you know, they'd be waiting outside and and it would almost, you know, kind of be like where they ambush the individual, you know, coming out of the state house. Have you been there? What's your reaction? To what happened? Um, I, I hate she's a board member. I think her feet should be held to the fire far more than it is regarding what's been going on at this St. Mary's Home for Children.
1: I think so too, and I what, what struck me was especially in context of some other kind of recent stories where we're talking about, uh, say, the Heritage Hall of Fame, where there's the you know the sort of status positions that don't really mean much, and I think right. that's that's what a lot of these nonprofit boards become. And I've I mean I've done uh, I've been doing a lot of work with, with private companies and startups and that kind of thing, and they'll have a board, and the board members are usually expected to have invested some money, and it's a job. You're supposed to help the company. You're not you whatever you're you're supposed to pull your influence. You're supposed to uh, advise. and and help run the thing because you're trying to make money off it. And I think, you know, talk about public sector versus private sector, but I think a lot of these nonprofits are, are, they're kind of like, okay, oh, great. We've got the lieutenant governor on our board or I don't know when she joined. Maybe it was when she was the president of the city council. You know, that's, we, we, it's just like a maybe she shows up for a meeting once a month and oh okay you guys are doing great work thanks for involving me that's not what a board should be uh, right. and I think that's that's part of the problem you you get these things and I think the and just going you know going back to the media bias story we were talking about a few minutes ago when you have that sort of thing you can swing it whichever way if if you know. When it's when it's a democrat and a progressive democrat especially you can you can easily say oh well everybody knows these are just kind of like status things and you're just there to kind of be help out the community and so on so she's not really responsible but if you don't like the person suddenly they are right if it's a republican suddenly I, I i don't know why but for some reason uh, a biker gang being involved with the becker gang becker group being involved with this uh, particular organization is a is a controversy okay i Let's assume it should be. If it were a Republican on the board, as you say, as a Republican lieutenant governor, they'd be saying, "Do you have any connections with this biker gang? What's it? did you bring them in? You know, that would be insinuated right. into stories. That kind of yeah. that's that would be the angle. And I think that's that's part of the danger. And I, I, so I I think first we've got to stop thinking of these functional positions like a board member as simply a status thing for democrats to, to seem like they're doing good things and right. put it on their resume and second of all we need to actually hold people responsible so if there's a, if there's a board position it ought to mean something and people ought to be able to come out and, and be answer questions about it that's that's why you're there that's there's no reason to have the lieutenant governor on a board unless i mean she's not an expert in this stuff as far as i know from a previous career i mean she's that's too right. young for that so it's the What's she there for? She's there to bring some kind of credibility to the board, the organization. Exactly. So she ought to be called on it because that's yeah. what she's there for.
0: Yeah, I thought a good example, and he kind of skated on it. But Attorney General Patrick Lynch, he was intimately involved um, with Dan Doyle with the you know that institute down at URI, and hmm. and then after it broke, you know, you had people like you know some of the things he was doing didn't seem above board, but. He he had the attorney general like on the board and involved, and so it, it gives them cover, and it gives them a way that people hesitate to go after him because they they use the, hmm. the, the you know the politician with leverage against someone to make question what he's doing. Folks, again, uh, he is Justin Katz, managing editor of dot A segment is politics this week. Justin, excellent job as always, and we'll talk to you again.
1: Thank you, John. My pleasure.
0: When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. You need Chapa Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today free consultation. 401-900-INSU. 401-900-4678. Shapa insurance. SIA. Stephen very experienced. Whether it's auto, home renters, business insurance, flood, recreational, umbrella, any other protection for your assets, Rhode Island of Massachusetts, Shopper Insurance Agency, your agency of choice. Call today. Set up a meeting. They're so knowledgeable. Can have everything under one roof. Call Shopper Insurance today, 401-900-INSU or 401-900-4678. Look for them on Facebook, again, located Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Chapa Insurance Agency. Your neighbor, your partner, your friend. One-stop insurance solutions. Check out Tipitro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. All our links to social media, exclusive stories and videos waiting for you at Tipitro.com. You're listening to the John DePetro Show, Voter Fraud. Where do we hear about voter fraud, especially after Biden did the big speech uh, talking about democracy? Well, what about the fact, let's just talk about in Lawrence, Massachusetts, where there is that they have found. To be an investigation under massive voter fraud. Listen to
2: this. controversy in the city of Lawrence this morning. Yeah, so here's why. There's a new city council member sworn onto the council last night, and they're facing a number of voter fraud related charges here, accused of cheating to win a District A seat. Let's go ahead and send things over to NBC 10's Manash Kwangari. Manash, live for us in Lawrence this morning. Good morning to you, Manash. What can you tell us here? Well, we're talking about. Fidelina Santiago. Now, she and another woman here in the city of Lawrence by the name of Jennifer Lopez each face 16 counts of charges related to voter fraud. But despite those allegations, Santiago this morning began her term as the new representative of District A.
3: I don't have any comment about it. Thank
2: you. Refusing to publicly address the voter fraud allegations against her, Fidelina Santiago was sworn into the Lawrence City Council Tuesday night. The charges stemming from this video, first seen on NBC10 Boston, showing a woman taking ballots out of a mailbox ahead of the council's election back in November. The man who lives at that apartment went to vote and was told his ballot had already been cast. The woman in this video has yet to be identified, but Santiago and Lawrence community member Jennifer Lopez have been indicted.
4: We were assured that even though she has an indictment, she has not have a conviction, so therefore we were instructed to swear her in.
2: We would respect her work, uh, and we're going to respect whatever outcome comes out of that case. Wednesday morning, newly elected council president Giovanni Rodriguez saying despite the investigation, it's going to be business as usual on the council. Santiago will be encouraged and expected to contribute as if these allegations never came forward. Transparency is something that we're always going to keep on pushing, and at the end of the day, uh, we're here to serve the community.
0: You know, all of this talk and you know Biden talking about democracy and blah blah blah, folks. We, as I have told you, we we, we do not have legitimate elections, certainly not around here. And President Biden, this whole thing about the ballot and democracy's on the ballot and getting Trump off the ballot. As we began
5: this election year, we must be clear: democracy is on the ballot. Your freedom is on the ballot
0: that, that is I, I categorically push back on that and the fact of the matter is what what happened a member of the city council in, in allegations that they they stole that 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 is absolutely ludicrous that something like that um, is, is allowed to happen. I also want to go to um, former vice president Mike Pence was on CNN. And they start asking him about this. I, I, I hate even bringing it up, folks, but this whole business about the that, the, that be left up to the On Friday, would not
4: Here go so go. far as to say that she supports taking Trump off the ballot. But she did say, quote, his actions clearly constituted an offense that is within the language of the 14th Amendment, unquote. My guess covering you for some time now is that you don't support taking Trump off the ballot. You probably prefer that the, that be left up to the voters. But setting that aside... Do you think Donald Trump engaged in insurrection?
5: Oh. I, I've never called what happened on January 6th an insurrection. And uh, it is noteworthy that uh, even in the federal case uh, in Washington, DC, the president hasn't been charged uh, with insurrection. It, uh, Jake, I was there. Uh, it, it was a riot, uh, the way it broke out. And, and, uh, uh, and, uh, and I've never seen it uh, any other way. And, and while I said that the president's words were reckless, uh, and I believe that history and the American people will hold him ultimately to account for his role uh, in that day. I, I, uh, I think these efforts uh, to take the decision away from the American people are really antithetical to the very democracy that, uh, that President Biden and many Democrats talk about wanting to defend. I, I'm, I'm very confident. <laughs> Uh, that the american people will choose wisely i'm confident that we'll uh, run our elections but uh, uh, removing the former president or any other candidate uh, from the choice of the american people i i don't believe is in the interest of the country and uh, uh, i have uh, reason to be confident uh, in that uh, the supreme court of the united states uh, uh, will see it just that way two tough anniversaries this weekend
0: you know he he is exactly right and folks i want you to pay attention to what is happening is what you're seeing is these are people. This whole business about democracy and t- their idea of democracy is to remove President Trump from the ballot. That's not a democracy. And as I have explained in the past, what we have right now, Governor mckee he he actually is not and should not be the governor. He lost day of voting in the primary. Now this is not a Republican thing. There's nothing to do with Trump he lost a voting in the primary to helena folks the only reason he's governor is the special interests that have benefited from his sleazy deals with them ballot harvest and then put him over the top regarding mail ballots that's not a democracy that's not that's going against the will of the people that's not the person that the people vote for and choose then being the elected leader so all these accusations they like to make about democracy we we don't have it in rhode island you're seeing what's going on in lawrence i mean that is ludicrous you have the in boston the member of the city council that won't even verbalize the oath make no mistake about it Uh, these people are just they're so dangerous and they're so pathetic and they they cannot be given power they can't be in a position of power so i reject this notion and i know and recognize there's a lot of anti-trump sentiment out there and democracy and you're going to hear a lot more about it as we uh you know as this year now ticks on but i would just argue what we're looking at right now that's that's not if we had a real democracy mckee matos would not be the governor lieutenant governor they wouldn't be they didn't they don't belong there and what i mean by that is they lost day of voting The only reason they're there is they cut sleazy deals with special interests, made them promises, and then they ballot harvest to get them in. That is not a democracy. Folks, you're listening to The John DePetro Show. Propane Plus. Call them today. Heating and Cooling in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for propane plus three generations you can always depend on propane plus for all your heating and cooling call them today 401-885-4209 three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user-friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus you're listening to the john DePietro show so definitely had some snow over the course of the weekend and the good news is it's melting and (laughs) it's going to be dry today and that's good news for more melting they can also continue to treat the roads i think that's a positive development depending on where you are some people got quite a bit of snow other people not so much Um, but it's definitely hey it definitely we haven't looked at this in a while but temperature is definitely uh into the mid-20s but it will be uh sunny today and then rain coming tuesday wednesday that should get rid of of a lot of the snow there'll still be some maybe a little snow left but um for the most part that should wash it away and then um and then anyhow hope everyone made out okay in the storm now a lot of sound to get to a lot of sound to get to uh, where to begin a big story is what we learned about lloyd austin it's um it's really remarkable how he was in the hospital and the white house didn't even know about it i don't i don't understand how he remains uh, well let me play the piece by uh, abc This is really incredible.
4: A key focus of the U.S. military as fears of a widening war rise. But during this time of crisis, unbeknownst to even the president until just days ago, the secretary of defense was in the intensive care unit and remains hospitalized. This morning, new details about the secret hospitalization of Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin as lawmakers demand to know why it took so long to notify Congress and the White House. ABC News learning this morning that Austin first entered Walter Reed National Medical Center on December 22nd while on leave for what the Pentagon is calling elective surgery He was discharged the following day but on the evening of january 1st the pentagon says he began to experience severe pain and was sent back to walter reed and admitted to the intensive care unit the pentagon saying he was placed in the hospital's intensive care unit to ensure immediate access due to his medical needs but then remained in that location in part due to hospital space considerations and privacy it was not until thursday three days later that Austin or anyone at the Pentagon disclosed to the White House that he'd been hospitalized. Secretary Austin releasing this statement from his hospital bed. I recognize I could have done a better job ensuring the public was appropriately informed. I commit to doing better. But this is important to say. This was my medical procedure and I take full responsibility for my decisions about disclosure. A U.S. official telling ABC News that President Biden was exasperated after learning about Austin's lack of transparency. But the White House saying Biden spoke to Austin on Saturday, wishing him a speedy recovery in what an official describes as a warm conversation. The Department of Defense saying Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks picked up duties on Secretary Austin's behalf from her vacation spot in Puerto Rico Ugh. until Friday, Friday night when the Pentagon says Austin resumed his duties from the hospital where he is said to be recovering well and in good spirits.
0: That, that is completely unacceptable. But it's, what, what does it say that the president didn't even know that he wasn't even there? totally unacceptable somebody should lose their job and it's not enough for him to just say i accept full responsibility well then you can accept full responsibility on your way out the door but what exactly is happening here no he shouldn't be there then he's not up to it then that three days he was not told This is the uh, NBC version of it. Secret from the president for several days as well. It comes amid new details that
1: Austin was not only hospitalized this week, but was in the ICU. Ali Rafa
2: has the very latest.
3: Tonight, a U.S. official confirms to NBC News that the Pentagon did not inform senior officials in the White House's National Security Council for three days that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin had been hospitalized at Walter Reed Medical Center on New Year's Day. The news not shared with the American public until Friday when the Pentagon announced that Austin was hospitalized for complications following a recent elective medical procedure. And NBC News has learned the 70-year-old Austin not just hospitalized, but also in the intensive care unit for at least four days, according to two senior administration officials. Asked why his stay wasn't disclosed sooner, a Pentagon spokesperson tells NBC News, this has been an evolving situation in which we had to consider a number of factors, adding Secretary Austin is recovering well and he resumed his full duties. The Pentagon declining to explain what Austin's procedure was and what complications occurred. The lack of information strongly criticized.
5: When presidents have issues, the other cabinet members have issues, the public is notified. So there's no real
4: justification. It's unacceptable. America's commitment to Israel is unwavering.
3: The secretary in Israel as recently as mid-December, as its war with Hamas raises tension in the Middle East. On Thursday, the U.S. carried out a strike that killed an Iran-backed militia member in Iraq while Austin was hospitalized.
5: And Ali is in Delaware tonight traveling with the president. A U.S. official, Ali, just
1: moments ago tells me that President Biden was not informed about Austin's hospitalization for three days either. There are new questions tonight about why Defense Secretary Lloyd you know, Austin's hospitalization. that hosp-
0: is just beyond the pale. And who knows what decisions he was making, let alone if you're on pain meds. I'll tell you, folks, this is so preposterous. And obviously this hits home for someone like myself. I mean, I disclosed that I was in the hospital this is you know and and you you know everyone knew that i was in the hospital and the fact that he hid this and the president didn't even know and then they try to backtrack and say someone else was monitoring while she was in puerto rico a hedge absolutely should roll i'm not convinced they will because the way the president runs things but this is just beyond the pale then he listen his judgment whoever made the decision he says he made the decision that there have to be consequences for that type of a, a mistake and decision folks you're listening to the john DePietro show this portion of the program is brought to you by the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln pop it and see them whether it's for lunch Nice weather. You can sit outside on the deck or maybe sit in the dining room. Delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food and also the great staff. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Check out Petro.com. DEPETRO.com. All our links to social media, exclusive stories and videos waiting for you at DEPETRO.com.